Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the senior pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Tonight is a very special night. It is special because we all look forward with renewed hope for 2015. It's the end of 2014, but it's a beginning of new, fresh vision. Something that we anticipate God will do in a magnificent way in 2015. And I trust what I share with you tonight will be a tremendous blessing and will add to your hope, add courage to you, give you perspective for this coming year. My reading for this evening is just one verse taken from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 16. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 16. Out of His fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. That's the simple word that God put on my heart. It was in the month of October, God gave me a dream of this verse. It was very fascinating. Uh, Very rarely I have dreams and God speaks to me so clearly. And all I saw in this dream, His fullness, in big, huge capital letters, His fullness, and it kept rewinding over and over and over again. His fullness, His fullness, it faded off and it It came, the next part of the verse, we all have received. And this carried on for, I don't know for how long. His fullness, we all have received. You'd like to say that after me? His fullness, we all have received. And I knew there was something more to what God was saying in the remaining part of the time. God began to speak to me and hear something very prophetic that God was saying. God was saying that my people live out of their lack rather than out of my fullness. My people live in rejection because rejection is the lack of acceptance, God's acceptance. My people are fearful because fear is the lack of God's love in their lives. Anger is the lack of God's graciousness. Poverty is the lack of God's provision. God began to say that my people find it difficult to receive from me because they focus so much of their attention on their lack and on their emptiness rather than on my fullness. Isn't that profound? I mean, that caught my attention. And I believe that's so true for the body of Christ all over. It's so true for us to focus on our emptiness rather than the fullness of God. So tonight we're going to look at what is the fullness of God. And that's why the theme or the message tonight is called living out of his fullness. What is his fullness? We read the same verse in the Amplified Bible and it it expands on it. And this is what it says. For out of his fullness or his abundance we have all received all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Hallelujah. 
And that made a little more, brought a little more depth to this verse. I'd like to read it out again. For out of His fullness, out of God's abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied, one grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. The fullness of God is not like this bottle full of water which is limited. That's not the fullness of God. The fullness of God is like an ocean that is so vast that you can't comprehend it. You can never comprehend the breadth and the length of an ocean. And God is saying that's how big and how abundant and what His fullness is all about. It's just like an ocean. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 17, God speaks to Moses and reveals His glory or His character to Moses. The fullness of God does not depend on what God does. The fullness of God depends on who He is. If it depends on what He does, then we'll all be living in suspense. Will God do it or will He not do it? Will it happen or will it not happen? But the fullness of God is not dependent on what he does. It is dependent on who he is. And let's look at Exodus chapter 37 verse 17. God tells Moses, you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. Now that's good enough. If God said that to us, we'll be mighty thrilled. But Moses was not satisfied in just God knowing him. He wanted to know God for who he is. And he goes on to say, please show me your glory in verse 18. So Moses has the privilege and the opportunity to discover God for who he is. And we see that in Exodus chapter 34 verse 6. God reveals himself proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Now some translation says, compassionate is also merciful. Both are right. And God is introducing himself to Moses saying, the Lord, the Lord is, is compassionate. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. Another translation says, long-suffering. He is abounding in love and faithfulness. That's the fivefold characteristics of God revealed to Moses. Can we say that together? God is compassionate. He is gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love and he's faithful. That's who God is. And when Moses encountered God's emotions, compassion is an emotion. His love is an emotion. His grace is an emotion. And so when Moses encountered God and his emotions all at one time, he was so filled with the fullness of God that when he came down the mountain, his face was shining and he had to cover it. Not out of shame, but because of the presence of the glory of God that was upon him. All of these emotions, all of these characteristics that we looked at, is infinite. It's beyond our comprehension. God's compassion is like an ocean. 
You can never figure out or never exhaust the, uh, to the other end the compassion of God. His graciousness is like an ocean beyond comprehension. And all of the fullness of God and much more than these five qualities was now revealed in Jesus. It says in John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word, referring to Jesus, capital W, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory. We looked at His glory. Whose glory? God's glory. We looked at God's glory embodied in a human being. God chose to reveal His character, His glory, His goodness through Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say, The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. All the deity, the Father and the Holy Spirit, all dwell in Jesus in bodily form. So Jesus came into this world so that the fullness of God will be revealed to us. If our understanding about God's fullness is only bottle full, then you're going to receive very little. But if your understanding about God's fullness is like an ocean, it's so beyond comprehension, we will learn to receive far, 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 far much more than what we are living in. Because out of His fullness, can you say that after me? Out of His fullness. Can you point your hands up like that? Out of His fullness, we receive grace after grace. Not only we receive grace after grace, one blessing after another, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. How many of you like that? You can have it. You know what? I now understand why these two verses were replaying before me constantly in that, in that dream. The Bible didn't say that we all will receive when you fast and pray for two hours. Can somebody shout an amen? amen. I know you'll be happy about that one. The Bible didn't say out of His fullness, you will have to plead, you'll have to beg, you'll have to crawl in order to receive grace. Did the Bible say that? It says out of who He is, out of His fullness, we have all received. The grace of God is available for everybody. Hallelujah. The grace of God is available for everybody. It's available for you in 2014. And more grace will be available for us in 2015. And more grace in 2016. Even before 2016 can even show up. The grace of God cannot be exhausted. Now we need to have a right picture in order to understand His grace and the goodness of God. If you want to enjoy the beach the beach is not going to come to you. I'm sure you know that. You don't need a revelation for that. If you want to enjoy the scene and the, and the, you know, the beauty of a beach, you've you got to go there. 
And it's the same with God. If you want to enjoy His grace, His blessing, His favor, you need to be in the place where His grace is being poured out. We see the same thing with Jesus. All those, all those who were sick came to Jesus and received healing. Can you say the word received? Say it loudly again. You know, we have become dignified askers. And all we know about praying is God, give me, give me. I think it was Abba who came up with that secular song. Give me, give me, give me. Uh, you can help me out with that one. And what else does it say? Give me, give me, and then? Huh? Something. You, you get in touch with them. I'm sure by now you'll Google, give me, give me. You know, and, and that's, what, that's what religion teaches us. We run after the blessing rather than the blesser. We're looking for one miracle after another miracle. You don't have to look for a miracle. You look for the miracle worker and miracles follow. That's why the Bible says there are a number of scriptures. I didn't want the service to be too long. There are a number of scriptures where Jesus walked. People who touched him, they touched the glory of God. They touched the magnitude of God's character and they were healed. Jesus didn't pray for them. They just touched Jesus and they were healed. Those who were condemned received forgiveness and mercy. Those who were poor received compassion. The people crowded around Jesus because they experienced the fullness of God that flowed out of his life. Because Jesus is abundantly gracious. Therefore, we can all receive grace upon grace. How many of you are going to ask for more grace for 2015? Put your hand up. Please put your hands down. That was a catch. I don't want you to ask for grace. I caught you napping. How many of you are going to ask for more grace for 2015? Good, now, now you understand. No one. How many of you are going to receive grace for 2015? Put your hands up and shout and hallelujah. You see, there's a big difference between asking and receiving. You can go on asking and not getting anything. The Bible didn't say out of his fullness, beg and ask. He says out of his fullness, you know, you go to the beach now, yeah, there are two kinds of people. People stand at the beach and wait for the water to come to them. Please don't be that kind of a Christian. You go to the beach, get into the water. You don't say, water, please come, please come, please come. Oh, it's coming, coming. Lord, Lord, Lord. One more wave, little more, and it touches me. Ah, I got water, I got water, maybe. Hey, you're standing on the beach. You're standing there. You're in a place to enjoy the beach, enjoy the water, enjoy everything that's in the beach. It's the same way with God. He has positioned us so that we could, you could, you could receive grace, receive His favor, receive one gift heaped upon another gift. Now, grace is defined, and I like to put this down. The acronym of grace, G-R-A-C, is gained riches at Christ's expense. That's blessings. That's his blessings. 
gained riches at Christ's expense. You like that? And that's what grace is. Now, he gained those riches for us to receive. Another meaning, another way to define grace is gained righteousness at Christ's expense. And that's called favor. You don't have to earn favor. Jesus gave us favor by imputing his righteousness to us. So we have the favor of God upon our lives through Christ Jesus. Now, here's something important I want you to, uh, to note. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is worth knowing. Jesus never came to take away our emptiness. Understand? Jesus never came to take away our emptiness. He came to fill us with his fullness. You like that? That's why in John chapter 10, verse 10, the Amplified Bible, Jesus says, I came that you may have and enjoy life and hang it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Can you imagine what God wants us to have? He wants us to have life to the full until it's overflowing. And I believe we can experience that. Sin left us bankrupt and wanting, but Jesus came and he filled us with his fullness. When you're filled with God's acceptance, rejection goes. When you're filled with God's love, fear goes. When you're filled with God's grace, anger goes. When you're filled with God's compassion, sickness goes. And when you're filled with God's power, the devil goes. This must be a paradigm shift for many of you. Because you've been focusing on the lack. That you can't see the fullness of God. And because of the lack, you've, I mean, you look at your lack, if I look at my lack, who, lack, who won't be depressed? We'll all be depressed people. We saw in the Gospel of John chapter 1, that God expressed His fullness through Jesus. And now Jesus wants us to be the expression of His fullness. Have you understood that? Jesus was the expression of the Father's fullness. You and I, the body of Christ, is to be the expression of the fullness of God in us, in you. See what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 9 and 11. Sorry, 9 to 11. As the Father loved me, loved Jesus, I also have loved you. The same love that the Father showed to Jesus, Jesus shows to us. You believe that? Same love. Abide in my love. Stay. Remain in my love. Remain. Don't let the devil talk you out of God's love. Remain in that place. Be assured of His love. Be grounded in His love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love uh, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and I abide in His love. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy... Whose joy? Whose joy? The joy that was in the Father, the joy that was in His Son, Jesus, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be 
How much? How much? And some of us need a double dose of that. It's amazing to be filled with the joy of the Lord. I remember singing that Sunday school chorus, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's so true. The Bible says it. As the scripture was, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Just imagine if every single Christian carries the joy of the Lord, the people in the world will be perplexed. What are you smiling about? I mean, what are you so happy about? What are, I mean, everything is going wrong. Why are you so happy? Happy, Because we carry a joy which is different from happiness. Happiness depends on circumstances. Joy comes out of your relationship with God. There's an inner confidence that God is in control. He says, let my joy remain in you, that your joy may be full. See, the psalmist understood something about God's fullness, and he says this in Psalm 16, verse 11. In your presence, there is fullness of what? Joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He discovered God's fullness, and he also saw the pleasures that were there forevermore. You only receive it, and that's why the psalmist had a wonderful relationship with the Lord. Hey, by the way, he was a number one crook. I mean, he murdered anyone, murdered anyone yet? No one. You're like good guys. I mean, he cheated on, I don't know how many wines. He had so many, he wanted one more. But what made the difference? Why did God call him a man of God's own heart? Because his heart and longing for God and, and repentance was so genuine that it touched and pleased the heart of God. And he understood the heart of God. That he says, hey, God said, David is a man after my own heart. So it's not about what you did and didn't do. It's what your heart, this condition of your heart now. How are you responding to God? When you see his fullness, you begin to experience his grace and his mercy. Grace is never an end in itself. Grace is the means for us to receive from God. And I know people say, God, give me grace. For what you need grace? Grace is only the means for something. It is by His grace, the means, we are saved. It's by His grace, we are sanctified. It's by His grace, we are healed. By His grace, we deliver from the power of the enemy. The grace of God is the means to receive from God. It's like a ticket that God has given you, a permanent ticket to have access into the things that God has for us. When Paul struggled with the thorn in his flesh, he prayed three times to God, to God for God to take away, his, take away that thorn in his flesh. And God said to him, all three times in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weaknesses. So there is no end to the grace of God. It's unlimited. So Paul received a message saying, From God, my grace is sufficient. And His grace is truly sufficient to provide, to sustain, and to bless us. Now let's look at the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15 to 20. Ephesians 3, 15 to 20. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and this is his prayer, 
that God will grant you out of his rich treasury. Can you understand the Apostle Paul? You know why his prayer was effective? He didn't pray saying, Lord, poor thing. He's so depressed. Poor thing. He has no mother, no father, no money. He, Lord, Lord, look at, look at how deep. He, you know, you never find prayers like that in the Bible. You really find it in the church. He's praying for the congregation. God, may you grant them out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man, in your spirit. Strengthened in your spirit by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Reading from the Amplified. May Christ through your faith actually dwell. And he breaks it down. Settle down. Abide. Make his permanent home in our hearts. That's his prayer. That Christ will settle down. Will abide in our hearts, in our spirit. That we may be deeply rooted in love. And founded securely on love. That you may have the power. And be strong to apprehend. And grasp with all the saints. God's devoted people. The experience of that love. What is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth of it. What did Paul see? He saw the ocean of God's fullness. He saw how big the fullness of God's grace, God's compassion, overflowing measure. And so when he prayed, he prayed out of his understanding. And he says, God, out of the rich treasury, out of your abundance, May you strengthen us in the inner man. That we may be secure and grounded in that love which, which is beyond our comprehension. Now let's go on what it says in verse 19. That you may really become to know, really come to know, practically, through experience for yourself, the love of Christ. So the love of Christ is not just a doctrine. The love of Christ is an experience. It's not an experience that you should wait for an encounter weekend or a nine-day school. It's an experience you can have every day of your life. Enjoy. Be rooted. Be grown. That's why Jesus says, abide in my love. Don't let anything shake that foundation in your life. God loves you. The love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being... Unto all the fullness of God. Who is he talking about? Turn to someone next to you and say, he's talking about you. He's praying for you. He's praying for the church. You see, what a vision the Apostle Paul had for the church. We only pray, Lord, help them not to backslide. Oh God, keep them well. You see, out of his understanding of God's fullness, his vision for the church, his vision for the church, saints, is that we will comprehend the fullness of God's love for our lives, that, will be, that we will be anchored in that love, and that we too will be filled with all the fullness of God. You know what? This word has done more for me than anything else in this year 2014. It has provoked me. 
It has challenged me. It's lifted my horizon to say, hey, there is more. There is more. I'm standing on the beach where God's love, God's grace, God's faithfulness, God's, uh, God's compassion is abounding. And I receive, I receive, I receive from that. So that we as a church can be filled with the fullness of God. So Jesus just didn't come to reveal God to us in a human body. He came so that the fullness of God can be revealed in our human body. Today, Christianity has such a bad name. You know why? On Sundays with Stephen, during the week, it's supramoniums. You, I hope you caught that. I mean, nobody will recognize you as a Stephen. Who is, why, why do we live that way? We have not comprehended the depth. We have not comprehended what the vision for our lives is. What's God's vision for us? He wants to fill us with the fullness of God. The church will have less problems when we grasp the fullness of God. We will not be just receivers. We'll be givers when the fullness of God is flowing out of our lives. It goes on to say, let me read on. I'm going to read that again. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. How many of you want that? How many of you want that? You know, I wish I heard this message when I was a young Christian. I would have stopped crawling and begging. All we need to do to receive from the fullness of God. Thank you, fullness, Lord. Fill us. Fill us. You see, it takes faith to receive. And it takes a lot of unbelief to keep asking again and again. So if you want to know how much of faith you've got, you start receiving. If you want to know how much unbelief you have, you keep on asking, and you keep on asking, and you keep on asking, because you never have the assurance that God heard, and God's going to grant it to you. Let's go on, it gets better. Now to him, who by the action of his power, that is at work, where? Say within me. Within me. Within me. According to his mighty power that works within us. He is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far above, over and above, all that we dare ask or think beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes and dreams. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, or the, according to the power that works in us. Can you see the lavishness of God? Can you see the grace of God available for us to enjoy His blessing? You know what? That's what God's done for us. That's His heart for you. He wants to do super abundantly about all that you ask a thing. According to what? According to the power which is in you. What power he's talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit of Christ that's on the inside of you. See, if you're going to hang around the beach, you're going to get wet. How many of you know that? Even if you never intended, you will finally get wet. 
If you hang around God's presence, you're definitely going to receive something of His presence. You're going to be filled. You're going to be soaked with His grace and His love and His mercy. Christianity is about God being alive in a human being. Can you say that after me? Christianity like sheep. Say this after me. Christianity is about God being alive in a human being. Can you say it again? Christianity is about God being alive in a human being. See, Christianity is about the about dignity and humanity coming together in Christ Jesus. Christianity is about God working in us and through us. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is God who works in you. It is God who works in you. If you have that uncomfortable feeling and saying, today is the 31st night party, don't go. It's God. Don't ask someone, you know, is it right? Uh, you know, pastor, uh, sister, you're spiritual. Is it sin if I go for this dance and shake a leg? I'll only shake one leg, a little bit. <laughs> is, it, is it wrong, you know, to, to do that? Hey, it is God who's working on the inside. If you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. It is God who's working on the inside. You know, you know, church, we don't like this concept about God living in us. We like him to be outside of us. Because it's very convenient to leave him wherever we, we want and carry on. Are you listening to me? We don't want to accept this fact. We don't want this revelation. The mystery of the New Testament church, which was hid from ages, it is now revealed. The mystery is Christ. His spirit dwells in us, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. That's the foundation of the New Testament church. It is God who is working in you. Do you recognize His voice in you? You do something wrong, you say something, you know, which offends. It's God who is working on the inside of you. It's God who prompts you. Not only is that work in you, He's there to work in you, both to do His, both to do will, His will, and His good pleasure. You know, some of us have good intentions, but we don't have the will to do. If you ask someone what you'd like to do, oh, I love to give all my money to the poor. Then what's stopping you? You know, I first build my house. <laughs> what's your desire? You know that I'll be a great worship leader. Uh, uh, how, many time, how much time you spend with God? Oh, you know, I get up in the morning, I have to catch a bus, back pains in the morning, I can't get up in the morning. But we have good intentions. What's the intention? We worship leader, anointed. Who? Like a darling. Not your darling, that darling, Australia darling. <laughs> you know, C.S. Lewis says, hell is paved with people who had just good intentions. It's true. Your good intentions is not good enough. God is working in you, not for just good intentions. He's working both to will 
to give you the will and also the ability to do His good pleasure. So if God is speaking to you, get up from your blessed assurance. I got a sanctified word to use. And get going because God is working in you and through you to do His good pleasure. Romans chapter 15, verse 29. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. I love this. But I know that when I came to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. What a vision. What a vision. I'm talking about myself. To come and preach, bringing the fullness of God's blessing of the gospel to people. What hope. What richness. What what a pleasure to see the fullness of God be manifested to the body of a human being. Are you blessed tonight? Now here's what I want to declare. You see, grace also means divine ability. We have come to the end of another year fully aware of the grace that God has given us. This year, 2015, do not look at your emptiness, but look at His fullness so that you can receive grace upon grace, favor upon favor, blessing upon blessing, and gift heaped upon gift. And I believe, this is what God spoke to me, 2015 is going to be a year of great abundance. You, we as a church, you as a people, will experience tremendous uh, abundance. You will suddenly see not just one job, but many jobs open before you. And that's the confusing part. Some of us will have money like we've never seen before. Some of us will, will, will see such changes in our life because of the b- abundance and the blessing of God. Be prepared for it. And this night, I'm not going to pray for abundance. I'm going to pray for wisdom because I felt that's what the Lord wanted us to do. Because you will need to have wisdom in how you handle the blessing of God. Businessmen, be careful. Men who love to invest, be careful where you're investing. You will have so much of money that you will think, I'll invest here and invest there, invest in this share, and in the end you lose out without any shares. Look, don't be foolish. Consult the Lord. Get God's guidance and wisdom as He begins to trust you with His wisdom. And how to plan and how to use the, the blessing of His. And this is the verse that the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Can you see God's heart? God's heart will, is God's blessing that will come upon you and overtake you. You can never outgive God. You can never run ahead of what God is doing. His blessings is abundant. And he says, to those who listen to the voice of God, listen to what he's saying. Here's Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord. You know, this is the only time God throws a challenge. And says, try me, prove me. You know, it's like, uh, you have a misunderstanding, he says, come and fight, come. I'll show you. Now, God is not wanting to fight with us. But that's the kind of thing that God is saying. Come, come, try me. You, you know, give me an opportunity. I'll show you what I could do. He says, bring you, trust me with your finances. It says, 
If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will, be no, there will not be room enough to receive it. Can you believe that, church? Can you believe that? Well, it was in the Bible all this time. Every time you gave your finances, every time you were diligent in time, I felt the Lord saying, those of you who have been sowing and sowing diligently but not reap, this year be prepared, you're going to reap. You're going to receive. It's a year of receiving. Which is it? It's a year of receiving. God will give it to you. He says there will be, be no room enough to receive it. And not only that, I will rebuke the devourer. For your sake, if the enemy comes to steal, Jesus says, God says, I will rebuke the devourer so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the wine fail to bear fruit. For you said in the, for you said in your, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. I'm amazed at the generosity of God. The goodness of God. Look at us. From where we were to what God has brought us. As a church, as individuals, as families, beyond. Some of us couldn't even imagine life will turn out so good. From where to where? Why? His grace. His grace, which was sufficient for us to receive salvation, to receive finances, to receive the blessing of God. Grace is the means. It's a means. I've come to a point to say, that even the prayers we pray, it is His grace that enables us to pray those prayers. We cannot take any credit for anything. Nothing. He gave it to us. So if you've been struggling in 2014, relax. It's a time to it's a time to, it's a time to, His grace is like an ocean, it's like a beach. And I want you to get that picture tonight, that you're standing in the ocean, surrounded with His love, surrounded with His graciousness, surrounded with His mercy and long-suffering and His faithfulness, and you're, you're just saying, Lord, thank you, thank you. And everything... I have ever done. Your goodness surpasses it. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.